Bonnie would've cheated on Clyde Let another nigga beat it on the side Is that still your ride or die? Can you still look him out of eye? If I get that kiss on the cheek, it's rest in peace Leave your body wrapped in the sheets, go clean my piece Two come together, make one And if we have a son, he gon' shine like one Feel me? I said if I get that kiss on the cheek, it's rest in peace Leave your body wrapped in the sheets, go clean my piece Two come together, make one And if we have a son, he gon' shine like one Feel me? We blazing non-stop hip-hop and R&B What's up? K-100 Radio 24-7 K100radio.com. I'm your host, Blizzard. What's happening, man? Welcome, everybody, to the broadcast. You know what it is. It's time for another direct line interview over here at K100 Radio. Now, you know when we do this, we talk to we talk to artists, we talk to producers, uh, DJs, businessmen. We talk to a couple of politicians, a few strippers. Those are my favorites. 347-934-0966. That's the number to hit the line. Today, we got we got some we got some a combination of such. I guess you could say over here at K100 Radio. We got Michelle Valentino on the line. What's going on, Michelle? What's popping with you? Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing great. This is Michelle Valentino, everybody. She runs, she's the founder and owner of Up Close Magazine. But I'll let her tell you about all that. Please introduce yourself to the broadcast for us, please. Hello, K100. My name is Michelle Valentino. I am the CEO, founder, and editor of, and chief of Up and Close Magazine. And um, up in Close Magazine is an informative magazine, so make sure you get that. That's what's up. She said she broke it all the way down. She's the creator. She's the editor. Basically, boss. That's it. Just call her boss over there at Up and Close Magazine. So what made you, you, you know, um, I read about you. I read that you uh, you came here from New Orleans, right? Correct. Right. Did you come after um, the whole thing with Katrina? The, yes, the I did. You did? So yes, I did. I, I, I want to touch on that first. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a, a plethora of things. You know what I'm saying? Because I met numerous people here in Atlanta that came here during that time. You know, uh, some, you mm-hmm. know, looked forward to the opportunity. Some really, you know, it was just like a forced move, of course. Most of them was forced moves. But right. some people, you know, you meet people who already wanted to go and that was like their escape. And then you meet people who was like, I can't, I really don't want to leave my home, but I, this is the best place I can go. Uh, which one was it for you? Were you already planning to leave? Were you already really established with what you're doing now in New Orleans? And then you just kind of had to relocate and set everything back up? Or did you come here and just kind of reset the button on your life? Well, ironically, I was scheduled to move in October, but Katrina happened in August with it. So it set me back. College was, I was starting college in January. 
Mm-hmm. But so I was gonna be here regardless. Okay. It actually set me back because honestly, like I couldn't find a lot of my family family members, and I was kind of like messed up in the head. So I had to postpone the life that I was set to do here to a later time until I got myself together. But I was leaving regardless. Oh, okay. It was time to go. All right. <laughs> I, yeah, because I, well, you know, it's you know I've been here since you know almost twenty years now. So you know I remember. You know, wow. really, 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 for me, it was like, you know, that when, when Katrina happened, just the, the influx of people from New Orleans that came, it was like really like a settlement. Like, I mean, it was like lots and lots of people that, that relocated here. And so I meet two different kind of people, some people who came in and they hit the ground running and they adjusted well. And I, what I noticed about most right. of the people, it, most people like that, they hit the ground running and they ended up, you know, I, I met some cats here who came here dead broke and now they got real money now because they was already right. doing something and it just came to land. I was like, man. It's sweet out here. I could have, if I'd been doing this, you know, whatever was, whatever business, whatever hustle they had going on there, it just picked up here because it was just more people. You know what I'm saying? And a more laid back environment. So, you know, I meet, now I meet people who like, man, you know, (laughs) I don't know. It just didn't work out for them. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but it seems like it really worked out well for you. I look at Atlanta like it's only the strong survive and this is the land of the, the land of the free. And what I mean by that is we have more opportunities in Atlanta. The stuff that they hide from you in New Orleans is open and it's your decision if you want to get to it. In New Orleans, it's different. They hide from it. So the ones who run back, they, they're accustomed to whatever they had. They don't want more. Those are the people who just settled with life. Right. The people who have ambition and want to do something better with themselves, they're going to make things happen. It so it's two types of people in the world those who make things happen and those who just live it right you're right i, I concur <laughs> um, i like that yeah and you know and and, and most people uh i'm a train of course i'm gonna transplant myself they call us transplants you're a transplant you know how these atl you know born and raised people are you know what i'm saying and i can understand yeah. that you know i can i can understand and respect that you know but uh and again you meet people uh, my thing is when people say uh, There's too many people from other places. I'm like, if you were born and raised here your whole life, you definitely should be ahead of me. You know what I'm saying? You, if you went to high school with some of these people that's running the city, you definitely should be ahead of me. I had to meet these people, you know, as grown-ups. You know how it is. That's like that's like new friends after right. they've already made it. So, you know, it's kind of weird that I meet people from Atlanta who kind of have like a, a feel the kind of way about people who come here and get successful. And you're born and raised here. This is your city. If anything, you should be more I've, successful I've than met me. someone like that as well. Yeah. I yeah. actually met someone like that, and he told me that, Atlanta um, doesn't have all that. He don't know why everyone runs here, but when you're from a place, you look at things differently. You yeah. look at things as if it's not it's not there, but it is. You have to search for it. It's not going to fall in your lap. Exactly. And, you know, on the flip side of that, I'm from Panama City, Florida, which uh, for me, you know, I'm from the, not the beach, Panama City, the actual hood side. And which no oh, one, okay. no, which no one knows about. Everybody just goes down there and looks at the beach, and you know, <laughs> it's I like saying, know. you know, it's like we say you're from Miami, but you know, you, you, you all you go down there, and, or it's like when you go to Miami, all you go to is South Beach, and then you got Liberty City and all that other kind of stuff. And, you know, what I'm saying Carroll City and all those, and those that's still Miami. It's all Miami, but no one knows about that part unless you're from there. That's kind of how it is with me. Right. But the opportunities that were available, like right now, it's funny. Growing up, I never really went to the beaches, and now I spend. A couple, couple thousand dollars every year going home to take my family on vacation to those same beaches, and I never enjoyed them when I was sitting right there. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I go home on vacation now, so it's kind of crazy. So I, I understand totally that when you when you're from somewhere, you kind of miss all that. But moving on to the next topic, uh, how did you get started with the magazine? What made you want to start Up and Close Magazine? And tell us a little bit about how that all came to play. Well, 
Well, Undercover Magazine came in play by uh, basically when you read a magazine, all you either see is pretty girls or you see articles that's leading our young men into the wrong direction. And what I mean by that is all they do is glorify the dope dealers, the killers, the the armed robbers. Well, yeah, you're going to see a couple of guys in my magazine. They might have been a dope dealer. They might have been an armed robber. They may have killed a couple of people, but they're sitting on the other side now. They threw so many bricks at the penitentiary wall that they built a wall around themselves and they're in there for 20 years. Right. So now, let's see how you feel now that you sit there for 10 years. Do you still think it's worth it? So my goal is to reach out to the young men, the young women that think that I'm balling today and this life is forever. If if do you feel like that's the way you need to head to get to, to get a, to get in head in life, fine with me. But have a plan. Like so, I'm not telling you what you're doing is wrong. I'm not judging you because only God can judge you. But I will tell you this: what I'm doing is I'm planting cookies in their head to start thinking of other things to do, other ways of living, not just street life. There's other things to do in the world outside the street life. You can make the same amount of money being in the street, working on Wall Street. But if we don't show them the other ways, they will never know. Sometimes you have to show them. So my job is to show you. I'm going to show you. Every every issue that I have has a, a, a list of investments. So from $100 to $30,000, I'm not going over thirty. I want it to be affordable. I want them to see that it's at their own length. It's okay to invest your money in something positive, not just investing your money in the street. Right. And so that's 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 the, basically the, the core mission of the magazine is to show people other ways to get money legally. Basically, that, that's, that's legally. That's the, core, that's the core mission, right, of the mag. I, I and, and I noticed. Right. Yeah. I, well, I'll tell you this: when it comes to young people and just, I don't, you know what? I don't even want to say young people because you got some thirty-year-old people who just. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm 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 serious, man. You got some thirty-something-year-old people. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of got a, a crazy mentality like that too. That's like literally still in the trap, like thirty, like still pushing packs. I'm like, bro, you ain't even forty, fifty. Yeah, you ain't even graduated to the. You know what I'm saying? To right. you know what I'm saying to to the next level yet? Like that's not for you. For that. I you know? feel like if you still if you still on a cone and you ain't graduate yet, then it's not for you. Move on. Yeah, this ain't your thing. It's not. It's not for you. They don't get that though. They don't see that at all so so how do you when you when you um I, i'll tell you this and this is something that you may not know and i like talking to people i talk talking to people who um who do magazines because some people know about it and some people don't but about 2005 i actually did a magazine right it was called crossfade really magazine. yeah I, I did a magazine it was called crossfade magazine magazine one issue and it was dope it was over you know what i'm saying and it's funny because what happened with that? And I, I, I used to hate to talk about this, you know what I'm saying? But now I talk about it freely because it was such a lesson learned. I learned so much from it. What happened with the magazine? That was the that was the only time in my career as as a business, you know, as as, as doing entertainment, that I actually partnered up with people and and said, okay, I'm going to partner up with you guys, and you guys are going to be investors. You know what I'm saying? And I had some investors, and pretty much. Long story short, they they, they were street dudes. The, the money was coming from the streets. You know what I'm saying? It was investors. Mm-hmm. And what happened was with it, I got everything together. I got the issue all together. It was a it was 52 page full color. You know what I'm saying? It was a really dope magazine. You know, you see some it's some magazines out right now that look exactly like that magazine. And you know, 
with, with people who I knew was doing it back then. And we laugh and joke about it because they, they tell me, man, you know, I got a lot of the inspiration for the layout from when you did Crossfade. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people wanted me to keep going. But what happened was basically, you know, Fed stepped in. People went to jail, you know what I'm saying? And all the money that was invested ended up, you know what I'm saying, on the, on the news, on the table with people taking pictures of it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, right. yeah, that's what happened. That's the, that's the short, condensed, you know what I'm saying, not non-incriminating version of it. And so um, what that taught me uh, was, you know, from, from that point on, I learned. I didn't learn. I just realized that, you know, when it comes to investing, um, street money is not always reliable because it can be easily taken away from you because at the end of the day, there's people whose job it is to try and take that from you. You know what I'm saying? On a constant yes. basis. And it also taught me that from that moment on, from that moment on, I never really did any other kind of business adventure, whether it's just whether it's just radio broadcast or the studio or anything, where I had anyone else investing a lot of money that I couldn't cover myself. You know what I'm saying? And it taught me two things because it was kind of embarrassing, you know, for me to have all this stuff and then have all these articles and stuff floating out and all this promo and one issue and it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like everything just came yeah. to a grinding halt. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but speaking on that, the magazine, it was work. That's that was the hard, that was the most work I did on anything I ever did in the, in the entertainment industry. So how do you how do you go about you know what I'm saying putting it all together? Because for me, I was like, you know what? I never if I ever try to get involved with a mag again, I will never ever a try to do it alone like I did the first time. Just mm -hmm. create from a creative standpoint. I was the publisher, then I was doing the artwork and the layouts and everything. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was just a hell of a lot of work, and it was really expensive. You it know what is. I'm saying? And so how did you how did you how did you get it all together the way you're gonna you're gonna get these layouts? You're gonna decide what you're gonna put in it. You know, did you have any help? Was it all your brainchild? No. You know, how did you go? How did you go? How did you do that? No, I didn't have any help. I did all the um, the interviews. I did the um, photo shoots. I did the hiring. I had I had two contractors. One, she designed the layout of the magazine for me, and that's it. Basically, I did everything myself. So right right now, I have people coming out the woodwork saying, "Let me invest. I want to invest with you. Let me uh, let me get part uh, of your magazine." Uh, but you didn't do the blood, sweat, and uh, tears with me, so no. I'm gonna tell you, it's not bro, happening. My story is true, and I never, I never, I never front. I never lie. And I'm telling okay. you, I'm telling you exactly what you're saying is what happened with me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have the whole thing done. But what I did was like have I had about twenty pages, and in hindsight, I should have just took those twenty and just ran with it. You know what I'm saying? But then I, the the, the twenty you was the, able to do it yourself, right? But you know, same thing that kind of sort of the same thing that happened to you, which is really weird. You know what I'm saying? It's really weird that I'm talking to you because it sounds like you're going through the same. You're at that same point I was when I did Crossfade when I first started it. Yes. And I had. I was, tell it, everybody no. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. Sweet looking. I had a, a, at the time it was an artist who was really buzzing for my cover, and um, yeah. So guys came in. Nah, nah. I know you want with the money, whatever. So then, mm -hmm. did it? Did the mock up? Had the five thousand? Was getting ready to do you know, you know a five thousand of them printed off the top for the two page. You know how expensive that is. Full color. You know yes, what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know. I know you know. So. Uh yeah, so I and, know. and that was that was that's where I I don't want to say it was a mistake because if that if they, they wouldn't have went to jail it probably would have been the shit yeah everything awesome. could it, it yeah. could have been awesome you know I, I would have been I could have easily been the next double XL or whatever whatever have you you know what I'm saying because you know at that time in Atlanta it really just was only one or two other publications that was popping so you know it was all planned out and then just just that fast it went left it went down you know and I, I hear you saying no 
and you're like you're not you're not giving no. anybody a piece of it and i'm like yeah don't do it you know what i'm saying i don't don't do it that's just that's that's because your, of my personal experience don't do it that's my person listen i'm just telling you that's my personal experience a couple people that you know that know me know that i know about that magazine know about crossfade it's very few people because it was so mm. long ago but you still meet some industry people that i remember when i was doing it and then y'all you know some of them know the real story what happened and some of them just like what the fuck happened because it was it wasn't their business what happened you know what i'm saying but the people who were who in the industry and Thanks. who were in the streets they knew it was all tied together and they were like damn you know and so i'm just telling you if you can if you can't make it without having anybody else invest and just, just just do it yourself you know what i'm saying just let I it feel build. like if i did the first one completely by myself yeah i can do all the rest of them by myself how i don't long, need no help how long did it take that's you to, what the, how long did it take you to make the issue honestly um it took me six months but it took me a whole year before i allowed it to come out mm-hmm. and the reason why i feel like my book my magazine is so successful is because i kept it a secret the whole time I knew I was doing this magazine for a year. I didn't tell no one. I didn't tell my best friend. I didn't tell my cousins. The only person who knew was my significant other. And I worked hard on it. And now that it is out in the open, it's it's a whole nother world now. Like, it's it's a whole nother world. That's it's all different. I can say. And the people treat you different when you, when you have the product in your hand. When you actually uh, hand it to them, boom. And they, yeah. be, and they believe. Yeah. Oh, where not, how can I get in yes. it? How can I get in it? I want, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like with K100 Radio. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do an internet broadcast, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then it, it, it pops off and everybody's talking and, and, and people are listening and tuning in. And then it's like, how can I get on the station? You know what I'm saying? You know, it's it's, right. it's, it's that effect with anything. You know what I mean? How, being a woman. Tell me about this. Being a woman, you know, doing a magazine. And a fairly attractive woman. Kudos. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a fairly attractive woman uh, in this industry. Well, you know, women in general in the industry, man. You know how it is. And I'm a I'm a heterosexual dude, so I can't even sit here and say that I'm 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 hey. I'm not guilty. You know what I'm saying of looking at the ass. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I did. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> I want you to look. I look, but that, that's, I need you to look. That's the thing. I'm gonna pull you in. Right. That's what I wanted to ask you. As a as a as a as a female, an attractive female. And you're actually doing the business side of it. How hard is it to you to get the men in the industry that you meet to focus? To you may want to pull them into that, but how do you change the focus when it's time to do business? Well, basically, what I do is um, some people that I speak to, I don't even tell them that I'm the owner. Uh-huh. I just let them. Like if I'm out, like I hustle real hard. So basically, I will go from barbershop to barbershop studio to studio i beat the street and i sell a magazine when i'm in that mode they don't know i'm the owner they just think i'm the model on the cover so with that industry that's how i deal with that and um for this like when i'm talking to the big dogs and i'm speaking to them about um doing ads or buying my cover i just i dress differently i carry myself a certain way um i have a nice personality so i might laugh at a couple of jokes but i'll stop in your tracks real fast um, recently, I've been trying to <laughs> figure out how to weigh it out because, I mean, the truth is it's the truth. You got to use what you got to get what you want sometimes. And lately, you know, what I've been doing is I just been real, real, real professional. But I know that I can probably sway a couple of left to right if I flirt just a little bit. But so far, <laughs> I haven't even had to do that. No. So I hope I can just keep going like that. But I mean, 
I gotta sway a little bit to get who I want in my uh, magazine. I will. You know, hey, you know. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong know. with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing at all. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Look, I tell people all the time, man. Looking, you know, this, this is a crazy thing because especially with Instagram, you know, Instagram, I, I, I used to hate Instagram. And the reason why I hated Instagram, but now that I like it, I, I like it now because it's actually benefiting me. And I'm, I'm actually getting real, real feedback off Instagram and real interaction off Instagram. But it took me so long mm-hmm. to get on Instagram. I was one of the last people to come to Instagram because I just hated how it made, how, how, it, how it made some women feel like they were superstars. You know what I'm saying? And you know, oh, they, you know, my. It, it just used to drive me crazy because it's like you're. I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, I am a guy. I love women. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, with me, it's like I get why cats would like a, 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 a your picture. You know, if you fine as hell, you know what I'm saying, and that ass look right and everything's. I'm, uh, I probably would like the picture too. I get it, but it. I think some of them, a lot of women on Instagram and stuff like that, they translated that into just making them think they were boss status and i'm like nah you just fine and it's nothing it's cool that you find it's great but then it, it would kind of like go i would meet so many women who have fifty thousand, you know what i'm saying uh likes on instagram and be like yeah give me a free interview for what you know what i'm saying <laughs> how right. you got it's like you, i mean you fine but like why am i doing why am i interviewing you you know what i'm saying what have you done yes you're fine so if someone sees that picture and he a heterosexual dude he gonna click like because that ass looking right on that picture yeah but then it doesn't translate into monetizing it you know what i'm saying that doesn't translate into dollars or you know real fan fanatics it's just somebody that sees your picture and you fine and they're like damn that bitch fine boom click like you know exactly. what i'm saying and, and that's all you have to right. offer what am, yeah. what am i gonna do with you what, what next Right, yeah. That's it? <laughs> That's what I'm and, and I it used to just annoy me until I just had to just, I got on there anyway. It annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> it annoys you? Because some women be like, man, why you what? hating? I'm like, I'm not no, hating. No, baby, it annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> it annoys me. Once I told a friend to post something <laughs> on Instagram, and she told me, no, my fans don't need to know how I got my Chanel bag. And it was so simple. She made a bet with her boyfriend while we while they were bowling and she won. She said, if I win, you got to buy me a red Chanel bag. He said, okay, she won. He bought her the bag. I told her post it. She said she can't post it because her fans don't need to know how she got her bag. I swear I ain't been a girlfriend since. I don't even understand the, Cause what what difference does it make? I, I thought I thought it was cool I, for to get dudes to buy you bags. That was... Not the, I thought it was cool, cool too. And, okay. and to have someone who actually to have someone who actually say what they gonna do, say what they mean and mean what they say, and you win a bet and they get what they say they're gonna get, that's good. That's not bad. Right. I, I I whatever. I just couldn't take it, but I finally broke down. All the people in my camp was like, bruh, we gotta have a K one hundred Instagram account. And so I, I did it. And it's turning out to be, you know, really, good. really good. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm starting to get a lot out of Instagram, you know, you know, more than Twitter, actually, because Twitter is just kind of whatever. But I get more actual interaction with, with Instagram. But, you know, I just I just wanted to bring that up about being a woman in the industry because, you know, I, I, I meet a lot of women. You know, I know a lot of women in the industry and I hear stories and some of them I'm cool with. And I'm not totally again, I'm not totally innocent. You know what I'm saying? It is some women in the industry who I've done favors for because that motherfucker was fine. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Right. I've done a couple of favors <laughs> just because that motherfucker was fine. You know, I ain't going to front. You know what I'm saying? But I've never tried to uh, play one out. You know what I'm saying? And just ignore what their talent yeah. is. Ignore what their talent is. 
You know what I'm saying? I always recognize their talent too. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? I love, you know what I'm saying? Who don't like being around pretty women? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I get that part. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. So with the magazine, what do you got coming up? Who's got coming up in some of your next issues? Uh, what you got lined up for the for the magazine in the future? What's going to be popping with it? Well, for my next issue, I'm actually trying to get a well-known um, lady from Atlanta on the cover. I'm not going to say her name, but she is a very sexy, beautiful black woman that I think deserves to be on my cover. And I'm very, 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 very picky. And for these rappers, I have a very well-known rapper that's in my radar because I'm actually working on a second issue right now. So if I really don't want to say who's going to be in there. But for the articles, um, you're still going to get articles about uh, laws. You're going to get articles about jobs. You're going to get articles about insurance and investments and also sexy ladies. So... I'm going to be doing a casting call, actually, for my new ladies. It's, I call my ladies Duchess. I'm going to do a casting call at the beginning of next month. Okay. Good. So I might do a little sneak peeks on on uh, Instagram and Twitter, but I can't tell you too much. Uh, okay. Keep it all here. Keep it hush-hush. Don't worry about it. We'll be looking out for it. Just keep it hush-hush. You know, Thank um, you. I got a question, though, real quick, though, because I'm pretty sure it may be some artists who may listen to this. Uh, maybe check out the recording on the SoundCloud. And I talked to uh, a couple of different people with magazines, and I had my own theory about it when I was doing Crossfade, but it never did. I never did get to that point. When it comes to independent artists or deciding what rappers you want to put in the magazine, how do you feel as an editor about artists paying for their 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 write-ups? You know what I'm saying? Do you charge for write-ups, or are you just going to say, "Well, I'm just going to pick people who I want to be in the magazine"? You know, it's, there's different ways to make money off mags. Of course, you can add spaces. The number one revenue should be the number one revenue source. But then you can also not, besides selling ads, you know, putting artists in magazines, giving them interviews on, on radio and stuff like that. That's also a way to make, to generate revenue for small businesses because you're giving them a platform. How do you feel about that? Because some artists, some, you'll meet some publicists and some publicists swear by never paying for pub. And some publicists is like, shit. It makes sense. Depends on the, uh, the publication. But how do you feel about it as an editor? Well, I actually sell my ads, but when I, I sell my ads to further the artist, I'm always going to have a well-known artist and I'm going to have an up-and-coming up artist. Um, I try to give the up-and-coming artists a little bit of a break, especially if they're um, um, awesome artists, uh, because if they're trying to get their name out there, I feel like it's my duty to help them get where they're trying to be. So it's not gonna be it's not gonna be free for everybody. I charge for my ads, but I understand where you're trying to get. So it depends on who you are, how good your work is, and what we can work out. Cause I also do artist showcase and everything like that. So I mean, we can wash each other's hands and get this done. So Wait, tell us about your artist showcase. What's going on with those? Then let us know about that. Um. I'm going to start an artist showcase at uh, Speakeasy Lounge. It's going to be probably once a month. I prefer the end of the month. And with that, it's going to give artists a chance to uh, show their talent and meet PRs and A&Rs and try to be seen. And the person who wins that will be, the, he will be the artist that's going to be featured, the up-and-coming coming artist that will be featured in my next magazine. He wouldn't have to pay for his ad. All right, that's good. So that's actually one of my one of my plans for my next issue. Well, that's good. That's really dope. That's, that's it. Is it don't have to be rap. It could be singers or rappers or poetry. Well, based on you know, based on what your magazine is, you know, I would definitely say some of the R and B artists. You know, what I'm saying should be featured in it. You know, what I mean, 
um, you know, uh-huh. uh, R&B, for some reason, R&B, not over here, because we really, we're really, I'm in really into R&B, um, you know, I'm a producer as well, so I produce some R&B artists, and so I really make sure that we try to keep it balanced, but a lot of publications, you know, here, in the urban publications, I guess you want to call them, some people don't like that word, don't call me urban publication, you know what I'm saying, I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you don't want yeah. to be called that, but you, I, you, even if I don't call you that, there's going to be a million other people that call you that when they look at your magazine, but whatever. Um, but some of the other right. publications don't like, you know, that, that stigma over their head. They don't want to be called an urban publication because that's, quote, black, a black magazine. And I'm like, everybody in your magazine is black, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everybody. Right. And you're black. What you they know have what I'm to saying? do is stop putting the stigma on the word urban. Urban right. is not does not have a stigma to it. When you stop thinking negative about your background, then no one else will. So I am an urban entertainment men's magazine, and I am proud of it. They have right. to let that go. Exactly. I, I don't know, but you know, you'll meet. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you've met any, but there's a couple of them here that, that's based in Atlanta who don't like. They they don't even put it in. They won't even. They hate that. You know what I'm saying? And I've met a couple people, and I I kind of mm-hmm. understand. I I understand. I see where they're going because they don't want to be hindered. They don't want to be categorized. Right. But I'm like, but that's that's kind of crazy when that's what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, someone calls me an urban internet radio station. I'm like, okay, because I'm pretty much playing mostly 99% urban music. On this show, and right. if, even if I have a guest on here, it's, it's an it's an urban artist or someone who owns an urban magazine or whatever. Yeah, I don't Thank get too you. much into it. I don't know; it's crazy. But it was great talking to you. I'm glad we had a chance to chop it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm really. It was really cool for for me to. I, I like talking to people who have other platforms because with people with the platforms, you guys, you know, we we're all a Kendrick spirit. No matter if it's a magazine, if it's a showcase, if it's a, if it's a radio station, whatever it is, we're all trying to offer people platforms to be heard. You know what I'm saying? And, and and it takes a lot of courage to invest and build the platform. It takes a lot of courage to be an artist, to build art, and to build the things that we, you know, the content that we put on our platforms. But, you know, it's, 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 it takes it takes a lot to uh, build a platform, and I respect you for that. You know, coming here, relocating, and hitting the ground running. Big ups. Thank you. Absolutely. So before we get I'm ready to go. I'm never looking back. Oh, yeah, never. Don't ever do that. You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, I'll see you on the grind. I don't know how it is that we haven't actually physically met in this city yet, but I'm pretty sure that's going to come to a halt soon. <laughs> I'm, you probably see, you probably have seen me, trust me. I'm yeah, I just didn't talk well to you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't talk to you maybe, but, you know, normally by now I would have had, had a conversation with you by now at this point. But it's like, hey, this is a big city. I was you probably yeah. was lurking in the corner looking at me from afar. <laughs> I probably I know, know what I you were doing. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I didn't know who you was. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I wouldn't think about no magazine shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> probably not. Probably not. You know what I'm saying? We got getting coming up next. Michelle Valentino. Give everybody your uh, social media information and website information so they can go get them a copy of Up Close Magazine. Go ahead and give it to them. It's www.upandclosemag.com. And it's the same for my Twitter and my Instagram, also Facebook. All right, make sure you Up hit and her Close up. Mag. Up and Close Mag. Make sure you hit her up, man, and follow her. Fellas, fellas, you might want well to just, well just follow her for the pictures. I'm just saying, but do some business, but she got some good pictures. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that part. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. That's all I'm going to say about that part. All right, we got uh we got uh artist Gating coming up next right here on K100 Radio. You guys stand by. Don't go nowhere. This is K100 Radio live direct line interview, man. It's a really dope interview with Michelle Valentino, editor of Up Close Magazine, and we get ready to come back in a second with Gating. Stand by. Don't go nowhere. 
you know what day it is, right? It's Wednesday? So you know what that means? Yeah, it's hump day. Nah, it's not hump day. It's Indy 500 with DJ Idlehand on K100 Radio. Yeah, that's right. Make sure you tune in to K100 Radio. 